Mike's a good friend of Paul and Jody's, which I'm pretty sure makes him a good friend of ours, because that's just how friendship works in the church, isn't it? <laughs> We're just all one big friend group. <laughs> We're going to be in heaven, so let's do it on earth. <laughs> Amen, Mike. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Amazing. Thank you, Beth. Um, and thanks, worship team, for leading us in the, the presence of the Lord into the, into the throne room. And yeah, just your, your picture at the start, Beth, you, you talked about a, a branch coming across and obscuring vision. And, um, and it reminded me of the psalmist who said um, that when he looked out at the world, he was perplexed that he saw the unrighteous uh, thriving and being blessed, but it was perplexing to him. But then when he came into the house of the Lord, then it made sense because we gained the perspective of the Lord. And I feel like the Lord's saying to us tonight that there is a river here, but wherever you go, the river flows. And so wherever you go this coming week, the, the river is flowing. The river is flowing. Um, I've got a few prophetic words. This is what I do when I normally share. Um, uh, lady at, at the back there with the dark blue and zip in the front. With Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good. It's me. Yes. <laughs> um, just as I saw the, the river and just describing the, the river that's always with us, I saw your opening windows. Uh, opening windows for people, allowing the, the, the breath of the Holy Spirit to come through. There, there's a few um, stale kind of souls uh, around at the moment, and I see you opening these windows and bringing refreshing and re bringing blessing. And so, um, and it's just being who you are, and it's just turning up. It's just turning up and just allowing that. And then next to you in the black, um, I, I just see... Um, I actually see freedom. I see a, a ministry along the lines of deliverance, setting people free. Um, I see you bringing, uh, just breaking chains off people just in a very easy, normal, natural way, um, putting your hand on a, on a shoulder and just release, release. And, and I see a similar thing um, for you as well, who's uh, just holding the book. <laughs> um, yeah, similar thing there as well. Anyway, I'll come back to you. <laughs> um, and then Nick, next to you at the back, um, in the blue, yeah, along here. Um, I, I saw you in a group of people, and um, everyone was having so much fun, and you were leading this group into the things of the Lord, and I feel like there's this gift of discipleship, a gift of connectedness, and bringing people, drawing people in to, to the anointing, and I just see you guys just having so much fun. Um, it, it's so, so good. Um, yeah, well done. You've, you've sorted out your, the young one. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. So um, I just saw you um, stepping in in authority and declaring calm to the storm uh, in people's hearts and minds and lives. And then I saw people being set free uh, from things that have held them bondage for, for years, for decades. And so um, and it's, uh, it's understanding, you know, who you are in Christ um, and then being able to see who others are in Christ. And it's this ministry of power and deliverance, but in love as well. So um, thank you, Jesus. Um, yes, yeah, sir, in the uh, glasses, white shirt, second row uh, from the front. Um, I see you've been, um, I, I see this picture, you've been just chopping this tree and it's been taking ages, but I feel like the tree's about to fall. 
um, that it's about to, you're about to step into breakthrough, that it's, it's, um, it's right there, it's right there. Thank you, Jesus. Um, and then back corner, um, black and then white kind of flowers or dots. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's you. <laughs> yeah. Um, I see you uh, walking through um, significant hallways, kind of halls of um, power almost, and bringing a word of the Lord and bringing a prophetic edge and bringing a, a, a now word from God. Um, I see you bringing reconciliation and hearing what it is that the Lord's doing in, in, in this time and this season and, and being at the front and, um, and declaring what he is saying. But it's in these significant places with significant people. And the Lord has called you to, to carry his word. Carry his word. Jesus. <laughs> um, fireworks. Um, so you third along um, in the uh, T-shirt, the Lord is my, you know, yeah, <laughs> strength. Yay. It's just, it's just um, fireworks. I don't know. Just kind of um, gifts of the spirit just kind of going off around you and people lighting up and... And I, yeah, yeah, and I just see you lighting just up in an environment and an atmosphere. Um, oh, yes, and um, uh, Emma, um, yeah, I saw you um, standing at the, the shore and then the water's just parting, this Red Sea parting, walking through. Um, gift of faith, I just see this gift of faith, and it's. Um, uh, and it's, it's not just for you, but it's for those who, who are coming along as well. Um, gift of faith, gift of breakthrough. Um, and then, yeah, Brendan just um, uh, gives me the feet of a deer. He enables me to stand on the heights. And I just see you navigating the, the tricky heights into the, the presence, the throne room of God, into the, the revelation of the Lord to then bring down and to, to share. Thank you, Jesus. You know, it's just, um, uh, in, in this season at this time, it's, uh, I mean, always, we, we just need to be led by the Spirit. And what he's doing is he's, um, so, so there's a lot of people in the room here tonight, and it's a, it's a real page-turn moment. It's quite hard to hold on to what it is that is coming. It's the in-between season and the in-between time for, for so many uh, in this room. And it's, what it is, is it's actually an opportunity for you right now. And the opportunity is this, to just have faith. Um, when the resolution comes, you don't need that faith quite so much. But the in-between faith, that this, this is what the Lord is working in our hearts at the moment. There's an in-between faith. And he's not showing us very clearly the way. And that is so that we can keep in step with the Spirit, so that we can hear his voice. Because when he moves in the season of grace that's about to take place, he needs his people in the right positions and in the right places to minister and administer the, the word of the Lord and the power of God. I just see this delicate power that there's this, um, he's tuning us. Um, but then when, once we're tuned, uh, the, the power will just break through. Um, so season of grace, season of power is, is on its way. Um, he's doing some amazing things in the earth. And, and what I wanted to do tonight is really open up a window for us into what he is doing in other parts of the, the globe as well. Um, because I'm on team at, at Open Doors. Open Doors uh, helps people follow Jesus all over the world, no matter the cost. So in the toughest places on earth for the gospel, where there 
standing with, supporting, strengthening, and encouraging believers under persecution. I've had this amazing privilege of um, last seven years to uh, serve the persecuted church, raising awareness, prayer support, financial support for believers under persecution. Um, but I've also been able to serve the Church of New Zealand uh, by, by sharing and bringing some of the stories and some of the lessons that we can learn from believers who have suffered for their faith yet remain strong. Um, actually, a couple of nights ago, Anne and I woke up at 2 a.m. Um, on purpose. <laughs> on purpose at 2 a.m. It doesn't happen that often. And it was... Um, Brother Andrew's memorial service, it was our level one staff-only global memorial service. He passed away, the guy that began Open Doors, who wrote God Smuggler, who smuggled Bibles into Eastern Europe behind the Iron Curtain in his little car, and he would go past border checkposts. He would pray the smuggler's prayer, Jesus, when you are on earth, you open the eyes of the blind. So I pray now that you'll make seeing eyes blind to the Bibles that I'm carrying. And, um, and there was a clip of him uh, with a radio interview, and he says, in the, over the last 20 years, I have not lost one Bible in the last 20 years, not one. And so he was a man of miracles, man of legacy, so we... Um, watched this uh, memorial service of his, and, and then the, the other global one for everybody was um, at 7 a.m. Anyway, um, it was just cool to, to be inspired again by a man who, when asked if you'll do anything different, uh, he says, I would take more risk. <laughs> I would take more risk. I mean, this is a guy that has met and had cups of tea with the leader of, what is it, ISIS or Al-Qaeda or... You know, Hamas and, and all, I mean, he's just gone into these places of power to hand over a Bible, to be a friend to these people that are, you know, just doing what they do. Um, you know, God has is, is got particular calls on particular people. Anyway, just recently I was in Egypt. Amazing opportunity to meet believers in Egypt. And um, let's see if this works. It does work. Thank you, Jesus. And so uh, we went on tourist visas, just the, uh, away for 11 days. And the point of this trip was to meet believers under persecution. So uh, we did a few touristy things, went up to the pyramids. Uh, some people say the pyramids are bigger than what I thought. Some people say they're smaller than what I thought. Anyway, I thought they were bigger. And in fact, the years of sediment of the desert has, has covered the bottom two stones as well. So they're actually bigger than what you see. They're, they're under the ground. Um, in fact, when we uh, walked down into shops and that kind of thing, our guide was like, okay, now you're stepping down 200 years and stepping down another 200 years because the sediment had built up. Um, but everywhere is under excavation in Cairo. Like there's just so much historical stuff. In New Zealand, you'd have to be like 10 metres away from uh, anything that was that old. But there's just so much stuff. You can rub your hands on it. You can walk past it. I guess you could break a piece off and bring it home, but I guess you couldn't do that as well. Um, but the main point of being there was to meet the, the church. And um, what I discovered was a church that was not by no means an underground church. The church in Egypt is very much an above-ground church, but they live in a very hostile environment. So the first guy that we met, he said, the day before you landed, an electrical fire swept through a church in Cairo, killing 41 people. Uh, the news came out here as well. And over uh, 10 of them were, were kids. 
And the, the report immediately came out saying that it was um, due to faulty wiring. Now, now look, it, it could have been an, an accident, that fire, but the guy talking with us says, well, well, actually, there's been two other fires like it recently in two other churches. And so, look, it, it was the, the work of extremists who uh, planned, premeditated, and, and carried out this attack on these churches. In fact, he said over the last 10 years, there has been 2,000 Christian martyrs for Jesus in, in Egypt. 2,000, um, uh, most of them Coptic uh, Christians, Coptic believers, uh, who've been uh, killed for the gospel, and 70 churches have been set ablaze just in the last 10 years. And so this is the kind of environment that, that these ones live in. Um, but amazingly, by the end of the trip, um, my, my theme, the theme that I came back with in my heart, is that the Egyptian church is a victorious church. And so really that is the, the theme of my message tonight, the victorious church. That's what uh, you and me are, that's what we are, and that is what the global church is. Uh, I want to share some verses with you. This, this one, uh, John 16.33, says this. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Take heart. We need to take heart that Jesus Christ has overcome the world. And because Jesus has overcome the world, we too can overcome the world on a daily basis. So I want to um, introduce some people to you. Um, certainly this woman is a woman who lives in Victory. We, we traveled uh, 360 kilometers down the Nile River uh, from Cairo down to Asyut. Um, actually, when you look at a satellite view of Egypt, uh, most of it is desert. Most of it is the, the desert color. But then there's this, this thin strip of blue, uh, which is the Nile River, and then a, a green strip either side, which is the irrigated land. But, uh, but most of it is, is desert. So we traveled down the, the Nile River to a suit and um, were meeting with believers there. And one of the last to speak was Nina. So Nina... She uh, goes into one of the most dangerous places of Egypt to minister. In fact, the first time she went into this particular village, the village people uh, poisoned her tea, trying to kill her, and she passed out. She then revived again, and, and she got back up, but she continues to go into that village and others like it to minister. I don't know what you would consider to be a closed door uh, for you or for, for me, or when you would consider stopping going into a place, perhaps when someone's tried to kill you. Um, but this particular woman has decided, nope, um, I will still go and love on these people and, and minister to them. I mean, Nina is a pretty inspiring woman. She says that whenever she goes into these areas, if she doesn't hear gunfire, then something's not right. Something is, is wrong. It's not normal if she doesn't hear gunfire. Ten days before we landed uh, there, um, she said that about 6,000 extremists had come in um, on the hunt for Christians. Uh, kids were in school at the time. The police turned up. There was a shootout. Uh, some of the kids in school were shot and killed. Um, they all were hiding under desks, and none of them went back home uh, that night. Uh, they, they went home the, the next day. 
Um, but even uh, getting home in, in a suit, I mean, uh, some of the kids are used in uh, rituals. Uh, there's a lot of black magic that happens in that area, a lot of mental problems as well. And, and this is where she ministers. She says that, um, look, my, my family is uh, afraid for me, but, but she says, don't be afraid for me. We're, we're in the fire, but Jesus is with us in the fire. When Nina started ministering into this area in a suit, there were four churches. Now there are 70. They're helping to disciple 3,000 people, and they have 150 drug addicts and rehabilitation houses that she is ministering to. And so this is a, a woman who, who so much just lives in the, the victory of the Spirit, just courageous, bold. She's got strong, gritty faith. And um, this is our sister in the Lord. So um, uh, I just find her in, inspiring, just hearing her story and, and meeting her in person. What was that? Where is she? She's in, in a suit still in that dangerous place, still ministering. Uh, 1 John 5, 4 to 5 says this, For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one that believes that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And so the amazing thing is this, that when you and I uh, stepped into relationship with Jesus, when we accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we actually at that point overcame the world because the Holy Spirit came into our heart, uh, marked us with a seal guaranteeing our inheritance in the saints. And so in fact, we've already won. We've already stepped into eternal life and then we just live out that life on earth and then uh, further into glory. And so the, the moment that we accepted uh, that is the moment that we became victorious over death, hell, the curse, the grave, and everything that Jesus conquered. And so we have overcome, we have won, because we believe. They have a, um, a saying in Egypt that the blood of the martyrs has irrigated the, the church of our land. They say when one person is killed for the gospel that many more are added to the church. And, and that couldn't be um, more true of um, the, the church that we went into, um, Butros, say, a church in Cairo. So we walked into uh, Butros, say, a church, and, and we walked into the, the rear uh, doors of the church and, and stepped through. And, and as I walked through those doors, I, I actually walked the path of a suicide bomber. So in 2016, uh, December 18th, a, um, a man with bombs strapped to him uh, walked into the, the church service on a, on a Sunday. He stepped through the door and he, and he stepped into Butrosa Church. And then what he did was he, he turned to the right and started walking along the, the right-hand side of the church. Now, had he been a part of that church, had he been a part of that church family, been a local to, to, um, to what it is that these ones uh, do, uh, he, he would have known that he should have stepped into the doors and then turned to the, the left, the men's side of the church. And so in this church, the, the women are on one side and the, and the men are on the other. But, but what he did is we, he turned towards the women's side of the church. Uh, now, one of the church leaders saw uh, him do this and, and felt in his spirit that something was wrong and so immediately walked up to him, 
seeing what was about to happen, wrapped his arms around the suicide bomber, pulled him to the ground, and the blast went off, killing the two of them plus 28 uh, women as well. Um, had he got further up into the church, more would have been killed, but he managed to uh, save many more. Many were, were killed for the, for the gospel. Yeah, just remind, I mean, you know, so many stories, but we did walk through the Hall of the Martyrs and, and they had memorials to them. Uh, they had faces and they had some of the, the things they left behind, jewellery and clothes and different shoes. And, um, uh, and it was just like looking at their faces and thinking of glory and then looking at the earthly treasures that they had left behind. Um, just the, the words that song, and the things of this earth will go strangely dim. And it was amazing that it just all looked so strangely dim. All those things that they had left behind, um, just just in the in the weight of the the glory that, that they've stepped into. So, I um, stood uh, where the they, they've got this black tile where the blast site uh, was to to commemorate that, and and then just looking around, it's the um, the marble pillars. Uh, you could still see the, the, the scars of the bomb as it, as it, um, as it hit the pillars and then the, the concrete walls, they, they repaired uh, you know, most of it but left some of the, the markings um, in the stone. And, um, but the amazing thing was is that the next day after the blast, the church was full. Uh, they hadn't even properly cleaned up but it was full of people commemorating uh, those who had been killed in the blast the day before. And in fact, the, the man talking with us said that since that blast, the church has been consistently more full than before the blast. It's just a, a different mindset, really, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, I asked the guy who we were talking with. In fact, the guy that we were talking with was the twin brother of the man who had wrapped his arms around the bomber. He continues to go to that church. In fact, we were there midweek and he was just there. I think he's just there most days in the church. He's just decided this is where I, I am, this is where I'll be. Um, we asked him, look, aren't you afraid uh, to keep coming to this church? And, and his friend was um, standing next to him and, he, and they looked at each other and he looked back, back at us and he says, we're not afraid. Uh, th this is what it means to be a Christian. You know, the, the, cost, um, the cost was counted at, at salvation. You know, at the point they stepped into a relationship with Jesus, they're like, well, this is us. You know, it's a spiritual battle that we live in. And, and I think that our persecuted brothers and sisters in Christ um, remind us of the spiritual battle that, uh, that we live in ourselves. So I was thinking of these word pairs. I was thinking of blood and stone, um, flesh and explosives, uh, praise and loss. Um, but then another word pair, persecution and growth. Wow. This, is the, this is the church of Jesus Christ, persecution and growth. And, and that, for me, really sums up Egypt. In fact, I, um, I overheard uh, one of them saying, um, you know, I think that the, the, um, the extremists do a better job of church growth than some of our priests. <laughs> Just... It's just, um, and, and we actually hear that. I mean, even in Syria, 
uh, Pastor Edward said, what ISIS did in five months, we couldn't do in 50 years, and it was uh, uniting the church of Jesus Christ in that area when, when ISIS came through. So, um, you know, we, we shouldn't, I mean, what they teach us, in fact, is that we shouldn't fear persecution, and, and we have this mindset of wanting to, to um, uh, run away from it. But, uh, I mean, Matthew 6, you know, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to take care of itself. And so, uh, in fact, it's not being fearful of it. In fact, we were just listening to something recently, and they were talking about um, these two prisoners who were in, who were in prison for, for a long time. They were talking about, uh, even in such terrible conditions, they were talking about how amazing it was in the presence of God there. And if only we could get that back again. <laughs> but, it, but it was found in the midst of, of suffering. So, um, 1 John 5, 4 to 5, for everyone born of God overcomes the world. And this is a victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one that believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So how do we um, kind of, I'm just thinking, how do we apply this victory in our lives um, or how do we not apply it? I was thinking, well, you know, the world has victory over me when its desires draw me away from God. The, the world has victory over me when it causes me to trust in it uh, rather than trusting in Jesus. The world has victory over me when it absorbs my energies, controls my thinking, and deceives me into trusting in my own strength. But I have victory over the world when I'm more in love with Jesus than I am the things of the world. I conquer the world when I place my trust in Jesus for every situation that I face. And I conquer the world when I find my strength in Jesus, even in the middle of my weaknesses. 1 Corinthians 15.57 says, But thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. So, um, I mean, you know, how do I fall more in love with Jesus? How do I uh, step into that place of um, trust, surrender, living victoriously? Well, maybe the, the answer is um, in the words of a, of a monk uh, that we spent an afternoon with, um, had some cups of tea with this monk. No, Turkish coffee. We had, had Turkish coffee with him. And um, he had uh, been in that monastery 28 years. Um, he wakes up at 4 a.m. every day, uh, fasts for two-thirds of the year, prays for five hours a day, works in the desert the rest of the time. And so he was a, an amazing guy to meet, an amazing guy to talk to. And, um, and so his three commitments are um, poverty by choice, uh, a single life, and... Obedience, a life of obedience, and so that's what he what he does. And in fact, um, to be a, a a monk in this particular monastery, um, you you can actually become a, a monk, you know, like like he is. Um, but you you can't just opt out of life. You, you can't do that to opt out of life. So you can only become a monk in this particular monastery uh, if you've got a university degree, if you've got something to actually give up. Because once you come there, you, you've, got, uh, you've got year one and then you've got a year three mark. And then after that, then you're committed to life. Um, you can't uh, visit your family. Your family can come to you. Um, but it really is the, the life of, of a monk. And, um, 
it was just amazing. I mean, we, we had uh, chats with him, asked him a few questions. One of the questions was, um, so how do you fulfill the Great Commission? Uh, how do you share your faith? How do you evangelize? You know, I mean, because you don't really see anyone, don't really talk to anyone. Um, and he said, well, I evangelize through prayer because I'm a part of the body. I'm like the liver that, that no one can really see, but you are the hands and the feet of Jesus, and I pray for you. That this guy prays for you and for me to do what we're supposed to do here in New Zealand. <laughs> so we've actually got these, uh, these people in the body of Christ, and because we've got this Western thing where it's like we're, we're so individualistic that we've got to do it all ourselves. <laughs> I mean, I always find it amazing that even Jesus couldn't do that. It was, it was kind of like when, even when he was in his hometown, you know, things were prevented. You know, he couldn't heal everybody because there's just no honor there. And so it's kind of like we need each other and we are a part of the body of Christ. And so while he's doing what he's doing, we just need to be doing what we're doing, you know, running in our lane, doing the things that God has called us to do. Um, but just remember that we've got um, monks and people and um, the female versions as well, um, nuns, uh, praying for us around the world. We've just got these amazing people. We've got, you know, just, just praying. Thank you, Jesus. So, so we asked and we said, is, do you find your lifestyle hard? Is, is it hard to, to live out the lifestyle that you live? And he said, well... Some find it hard, but if you've fallen in love with Jesus, then it's easy. So it's actually a question of, um, of focus, because we can look around at the, the difficulties and the mountains and, and the giants, but, but he's saying, well, but if you're in love, I mean, you know, when, when you're in love, you're just consumed by that, well, then the other things just kind of don't matter quite so much. And so am I more in love with Jesus today than I was last year? Am I more in love with Jesus this week than I was last week? But then I was having a, a conversation with, with a guy recently, and, and there's perhaps even a better question than that. And the better question is this. Am I more aware of the love that Jesus has for me now than I was a year ago? Am I more aware of the love that Jesus has for me today than I was last week? Because if we knew how much Jesus loved us, well, then that is, the, that is like the rock. That is like the foundation that we can live the rest of our lives from. If you've got that kind of foundation, you can do anything. You, know, you can stand in any situation. And so um, just so many things that we can learn from, um, from these guys, from the persecuted church. So um, for us, I'd love to, to pray together. Um, I'd love to, to pray for um, the, the, the church together over in, in Egypt. And, and I want to pray for us as well. And, and we need the fresh and filling of the Holy Spirit. Um, one thing that we can do from here is we certainly can pray for them. We can also give as well. Um, so we can do that. I've got a stand over there. You can pick up our prayer guides, magazines, books and things. And um, there's ways to, to give and there's ways to sign up to keep updated with what we're doing. So um, feel free to do that. We can have a conversation afterwards. Um, but I will just share with you one story before we step into um, a time of prayer and a, and a ministry time. And um, we, we had this chance to visit 
Cave Church. Uh, now, Cave Church is the largest church in the Middle East. It seats 20,000. The, the thing that I love about Cave Church is that um, it's kind of like this gem uh, in the Middle East. It's like the largest church in the Middle East. But it's actually situated on top of Garbage City. And, and so in Cairo, you have these uh, sections of Cairo. You've got the Islamic Quarter. You've got the, um, the Coptic Quarter. You've got Old Cairo, New Cairo. And then you've got um, Garbage City where uh, the, the Christians were exiled there in the 80s um, to collect the trash. And, and as you drive through these narrow roads, uh, there's just trash everywhere, trash coming into the houses. Um, so the kids are sleeping with the trash and they're just sorting it um, to, to just get some, some money together. Um, but in the middle of that environment, you, you come out into this big open area and it's like cave church. And I was thinking, it's kind of like Jesus being born into a stable. You know, it's kind of like this amazing thing in the middle of a, um, a dirty, kind of rough environment. And it's just the way that God works sometimes. You know, he, he, puts, um, he puts amazing things there. So it, it's probably at that point that I, I felt the presence of the Lord mostly on, on the trip. And so we learned, uh, we, we met some current Christians. We, we learned... Um, a bit of uh, history as well, and so I'll just share with you the, uh, a background story of Cave Church, and then we'll step into a time of prayer. But back in uh, 970 um, AD, uh, King Moaz challenged a pope and said to the pope, is your Bible real? Is it true? Are the words in it um, truth? And he says, well, yes, they are. And so the Pope said, well, in that case, I want you to move this mountain. And if you don't move this mountain, well, I'm going to get rid of all the Christians in Egypt. And so the Pope uh, left his presence and, you know, totally uh, fearful for what was about to take place. And so that night, the, the Pope had a dream. And in the dream, um, God told him to find Simon the shoemaker. Uh, in Cairo. And so he went out and, and he found this guy, Simon. And so he explained the situation to Simon and Simon said, okay, what we need to do is we need to get the Christians in Egypt to fast and to pray together. And so they sent out messages uh, all over and messengers um, all around Egypt uh, to get Christians to fast and pray for three days, which they did. After that three days, they gathered together at the foot of the mountain where King Moaz was. And as the Christians were singing, Lord, have mercy on us, there was an earthquake and Mount Mokotam, which is that mountain, uh, started to shake, uh, making it look like it was moving. And then a part of the mountain uh, cracked and split open, allowing the sunlight to shine through uh, from the other side. And as the, the king saw that, uh, he realized that, that the, the God of the Christians is, is, a, is a real God. And so the, the Christians were, were spared, um, which is amazing. Now, the, the other amazing thing about that is that that story, that account, was recorded by a Muslim historian, not, not even a Christian historian. Um, so it was a Muslim historian who, who had uh, carried, that, that was the, um, the text that had been carried through, but then in 1980, um, Simon the Shoemaker, his grave was found, and in his grave was a box, 
and in that box was a leather scroll, and then on that leather, leather scroll was that very same account of the earthquake shaking the church, uh, shaking the mountain. And so we have two historical accounts for the same thing. And so um, praise the Lord. You know, it, it did take place. So thank you, Jesus. Oh, no, I'll read that verse. Um, and so... Um, you know, I, I just feel like we need to be uh, people that live in the, the, the victory that, that we see the, the church in Egypt living in. And, um, and I'd love us to, to pray for them and, um, and also have just tonight just a fresh infilling by the Spirit because Acts 1.8 says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witness in both Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. That is what the Lord is calling us to. It's only empowered by the Holy Spirit. So um, love it if you guys could stand. Let's, let's all stand together. Let's engage. I'd love to pray. And then we can, um, we can see what else the Holy Spirit wants to do. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Heavenly Father, we stand before you tonight as a family of believers. Lord, we realize that we are your sons and daughters, but we are also brothers and sisters. We are brothers and sisters of a big global church family. And right now, Lord, we want to lift up those Christians, those believers in Egypt, Lord, who live in such a, a difficult environment, Lord God. They live in a dangerous environment. And right now, Lord, I pray that you would empower them with your spirit, Lord, that they would even sense that someone is praying for them in this moment. We pray, Lord God, that today that they would walk out in the victory of knowing you, Lord Jesus, that they would shine for you in Jesus' name and that your spirit would rest upon Upon them mightily and heavily in Jesus' name. We pray that they would be an amazing witness to those around them. Lord God, a witness of fearlessness, a witness of the joy of the Lord, a witness of love. Lord God, these are um, this, this is your church, Lord God, who even in the midst of it all will love, choose to love, choose to reach out, and choose to partner with you and what you're doing. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And for us tonight, in Jesus' name, Lord God, we open our hearts again to you, freshly surrender to you, Lord God, and we're praying for a fresh and filling right now. Lord God, we know that uh, we have challenges ahead, uh, perhaps mountains that we need to move in our own lives, but Lord, you call us to trust in you. Hallelujah. And so right now, Lord, we pray that you would fill in Jesus' name. Pray for that wind of the Spirit to come in Jesus' name. So why don't you right now just allow the Holy Spirit to fill you, step into his presence. Uh, sometimes what I do is just breathe in as if to receive the Holy Spirit. And we're just going to open up a space here for just the next few minutes if um, people would like prayer. Uh, if you like a fresh uh, and filling of the Spirit, either you can be there in your seat or you can come forward. I'd love to, to pray and impart something fresh into you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. By your Spirit, Lord. By your Spirit, Jesus. By your Spirit, Lord. Hallelujah. Shura Masanda. Yeah, thank you, Jesus.
yeah, just that lady in the um, in the back there wearing black um, black top, black pants. Um, yeah, just um, just feel like the the Lord's saying to you that, you that you're representing Him. I, I feel like that you stand as someone, and it's kind of like that word rep, and it's like people look to you, but you point them to Jesus, like a signpost to Jesus, and so you are representing Him and whatever it is that that you are doing. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Uh, yeah, lady on the, the end there, um, just at the front uh, with long hair. Yeah. Um, so I, I feel like... Um, uh, I see you standing, it's kind of like in, a, in just an everyday, normal place environment, but then uh, I just see the presence of the Lord showering down upon you. I feel like the Lord giving you the words to say. I feel like the Lord saying, uh, don't worry about what, what to say. He's gonna, just going to give you the words at the, at the time. And I feel like uh, him saying that, that, in fact, you are the gift. Like um, it, it's you're, you are gifted, but that when you step into someone's life, that, um, that it's because uh, the, the Lord needs you there. And so you don't have to prepare anything. He's going to give you the words to say, but you'll just be in the right place at the right time. And you'll just be able to minister and bring the glory, bring his presence. Um, yeah, just one more and then we can just pray. And we can worship. Um, yeah, Gary, I just feel like you um, you fix stuff. You, you fix stuff, and um, and some people have angelic visitations, but I just see people having Gary visitations. And it's like you just turn up and you just fix stuff, and then you leave again. And I, I kind of see you just fixing all sorts of things, and it's like practical things, but it's people's hearts and people's minds, and it's like they're just these Gary visitations, and they're so cool. It's like people are so happy when you turn up and when you leave again. And, and you're kind of like, um, it's like the, the people of the spirit are like the wind and they go here and there and you don't know where they're going or where they're going to turn up next. Uh, but I just see you turning up and, uh, and bringing those, those things. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Let, let's stand in his presence for a bit and then uh, and I'll, I'll just pray for some people.